Hello, my name is Miss Grace Elizabeth. If you like what you heard today, you can follow me at thriftedlux.com or on Facebook for the podcast, Lace and Cupcakes Podcast. You can like and subscribe and rate and review on any podcast platform that you prefer. And yes, on with the show. Alrighty, everybody. Today we are with Sarah Roxen of De- uh, <laughs> of Duntel. 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 Would you two please share a little bit about yourself, such as how long you've been involved in Lolita fashion, your favorite substyle, things like that. Um. Okay. Um. Hi. I am. I'm Roxen. I am an art graduate and I specialize in video games. Um, I've been involved in Lolita fashion since 2013 and my main style is sweet and my favorite brand is Angelic Pretty. Ooh. <laughs> my turn. I'm Sarah. I'm turning 26 this year and I've been involved in Lolita fashion since uh, 2013. And, uh, I don't play with styles anymore. I wear something like Hime and uh, Military Lolita. And my favorite brand is also Angelic Pretty. <laughs> Angelic Pretty does have a lot of really good prints in those styles. Yeah. <laughs> so, why did you two start a zine? And specifically, why a Lolita fashion one? Well, we both come from the same art school uh, that's called Emile Cole in Lyon, in France. And um, it started, uh, I wanted to draw leaders. I wanted to draw uh, something cute. And my style never matched the aesthetic. And I realized, uh, well, uh, every Lolita comes with different size, different uh, for, um, shape and uh, in every color. And maybe I don't need a shoujo cute manga style to draw them this way, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. then I started to draw Lolitas, and I, I called my close friend and I said, wow, uh, let's draw Lolitas together. Let's uh, explain people uh, why uh, we, we wear this fashion. Uh, that's how the scene started. We wanted to explain to our co-workers and uh, all, uh, other people in the school, mainly at first, um, why we wear this fashion and uh, what's the culture behind, you know? That's really cool. I would have never guessed it was to explain to your coworkers. Yeah. Um, so- I, th- I think the, um, the, the thing, uh, yeah, explaining it to our coworkers, I mean, other students in the school, um, it was mainly because it's a, it's a big school and Sarah and I were the only people in the school wearing this fashion. And I think people had lots of misconceptions about it. And it's, um, it's easier to explain something visually, um, mm-hmm. just coming to, just having to always answer. Uh, you know, sometimes people come up to you and they're, and they're like, oh, what's this style? Oh, is this m- manga inspired or something or anime or something? And it's um, l- lots, of, uh, <laughs> lots of anime fans in this school and it's, it just gets tiring sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really wanted to educate people because despite Lolita gaining popularity in the recent years, um, it's still very misunderstood. 
and um, since we are art students it was very natural for us to do it but as in half of my class will come to me and tell me what's your costume girl and <laughs> oh, like, I've, I've gotten that in public too what play are you in oh <laughs> uh, yes what play are you in um what's the occasion uh, who's getting married oh we're sick of this <laughs> so what goes into making a zine like what's the hardest part of creating one like what's the process look like uh, to make the dental, uh, you need many, many artists who want to really draw Lolitas, who don't know uh, often, they don't know the fashion and why I want to explain them. So uh, what's hard is explain to people what the, what's the fashion, uh, what uh, do not miss the misconception, such a uh, Lolita isn't uh, short skirt by the, the mid-tight and, uh, and uh, uh, cute uh, little made headdresses. Cat ears. Cat ears, yes. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to find uh, people who want to write about it, mainly uh, people who know uh, Lolita's story. That's why that was the, the case for this issue, particularly, um, especially. And... Um, also, as the director myself, Sarah, uh, I can't do everything myself. And it drives me crazy because sometimes <laughs> I have to rely on people to do very important stuff. And if it's not like I want it, it's really hard. I'm just like, please, can you can you just change this sport? Just, just this little thing. And I have to say it 30 times and it gets really hard quickly. But it's always remain fun. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's. Um, I think the most important thing is organization. Um, even a small zine requires uh, a lot more than you might think at first. You might think it's just a few drawings and a few texts, and you just slap it on a page and print it. But it's. Um, it it requires actually a lot of skills, and that requires, as Sarah said, a lot of people. Um, and we were lucky we had lots of people with different skill sets um, helping with this, mainly with graphic design and page layouts. Um, because, you, for example, we had Marinette who did all the graphic design. And um, mm -hmm. there was also her and me who knew InDesign to um, <laughs> do the, the, the page layouts. Um, because it's um it's actually a whole job on its own, and you can just improvise it. And also with the Kickstarter campaign, um, we had the unexpected need for someone who knew how to organize a campaign, what goes into it, how you need to prepare things, and also learning how to budget things like this because. Um, it's a, it's a big sum of money, actually. Um, we've been funded 197% right now. Yes, that's like uh, 4,000 euros at least. That, that's a lot of money. And you really need uh, to know where you're going to spend this money. Um, and also the little unexpected um, spendings, like taxes yes. and stuff, uh, things like that. Um, well, all, and also like marketing. Uh, knowing how to spread the message about your project, letting people know, knowing uh, algorithm, 
different algorithm, Twitter, Instagram, because That's I work true. differently. Um, and all, all these things, it's so different than just drawing art, but it's very mm -hmm. necessary for the project. And we were really lucky that we had so many people who knew these things to help us. It sounds almost as intricate and maybe just as intricate as a full-on magazine. <laughs> I've, wow. Uh, well, magazines are um, another thing uh, because, uh, but but uh, it, it needs to be um, released several times uh, a year, like once yeah. every month or I mean, not once every month, but very often. And our project takes a lot of time. And I don't think we could mm -hmm. find contributors who would have time to, I mean, it's a full-time job. What, doing one in a year is, also, is already a lot of work. So a magazine mm -hmm. is way too much for us, I think. Oh, I, that, that's what I was saying. It seems like just as much work as a magazine and being like a smaller, more grassroots kind of project, I can see how it wouldn't be as frequent as a magazine. Yeah. So how do you pick each issue's theme? Because each issue has had a different theme going with it. Um, well, the first, the first issue was the most... Um, is it, it, yeah, it a choose because it's the first thing that came to our mind when we wanted to explain what Lolita fashion is and it was substyles because I think it's a very uh, specific thing to Lolita fashion having so many substyles in it um, mm -hmm. and that's um, that's just that was really like simple thing to find and then it's just um, the next one came uh, with whatever Sarah came up with, whatever she was inspired <laughs> with at the moment. Yeah, uh, it's, um, if I ever want, if I have something that I want to do right now, uh, I remember uh, I said uh, after the first issue was released online, I said, wow, now let's do one color, um, one color outfits and talk about it. Uh, why uh, doesn't Gothic Lolitas wear that much pink? We, we, we can't find a subject like this. With the third, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, little trends inside of fashion. And every time I'm looking for something that hasn't been said, uh, in the, but hasn't been explained in the community. Uh, what do I want to say? What do people want to, to see right now? And uh, what do you, what do newbies need also to to get started in Lolita somehow, but they wouldn't find easily on um, YouTube on uh, social media. It really does break everything down in very easy to understand and clear terms. Um, so, how did you find and pick out so many talented artists to feature? It started with close friends actually. Uh, I went to uh, through the, the school, you know, and I was asked to draw lolitas with me. <laughs> in every uh, classroom, I picked a few uh, friends like this, uh, like you. You can see um, Halanis in the zine, or um, Ren or Tia. You, you'll see in the zine, and, and then it started to be a friend of friends. Uh, 
the, the message uh, went uh, spread itself. Uh, people who want to draw Lolitas, you can come to see Sarah and Roxanne, they may they make a zine. And uh, at the third issue, we started to make a recruiting, recruiting campaigns. Like we give a big form, we give it on uh, Lolita groups on social media. We want to draw Lolitas with us. Uh, we are very cre clear. Uh, we are going to make uh, a zine out of it. I'm very clear about the subject I'm, uh, I'm going to, to talk about. And uh, how, um, you, you won't get any money from the, the zine itself, uh, actually, often. But it's an excellent way to get your art out there if you're a budding artist to say you've been published somewhere, that's for sure. Mm. Um, so yeah. the first issue was entirely in French. I was able to piece together a few sentences here and there because I just started learning French, but uh, I had to use Google Translate for most of it. What prompted the switch to make it bilingual in uh, issues after the first one? Um, yeah, well, uh, as we said, um, it was uh, the first issue was uh, mainly a thing we did for ourselves and people around us, but we wanted to reach more people. Um, Swiss, Swiss friends uh, started to get interested in the zine and we wanted to make it available to as many people as possible. Um, and in the future, we'd like to translate it to many, many more languages, um, at least in the digital copies. And we want mm -hmm. to, for example, translate it to Japanese, Korean, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, or Portuguese, um, mainly English. Um, I think most of the community relies on English to communicate between countries. Um, so um, that's what we went for. But lots of countries aren't that used to learning English, like Japan, for example. Um, and we really, our philosophy is really that um, Lolita is for everyone, uh, no matter your age, size, uh, skin color, um, and, and no matter your country either. So we really want to have this zine reach as many people as possible, and language is a tool for that. To have an active Kickstarter for volume four of uh, Duntel, would you please share your vision for this particular issue? Um, for me, the goal with these issues it, um, is to make it more and more aesthetic uh, and make it um, a collection item like the GLBs. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of an item that you would want to, to keep because it's precious. And the more people are interested, the more we want to upgrade the quality of the book and have more content in there. And then I'll, I'll be happy if people treated this book the same way they treat a brand novelty item, you know, like the, the, the angelic pretty teacups or plates or small items. Um, and I'm also really happy. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I'm also really happy about all the extras we added this time, like the pins and sticker sheets. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to be a precious items 
something that makes you happy when you look at it and you just want to look at it. For the and, oh, oh, you go. For, for the previous issues, we just like uh, slap a, um, a store and uh, link. Uh, you can buy the, the zine here if you want it. Uh, who wants it? Like uh, we would go in the street and who wants the zine? But for now, we wanted to uh, reach again more people. And we we decided with the help of uh, our artists to make uh, a Kickstarter campaign because it takes more time. It's uh, way more uh, easy to, to find and to understand the, the whole process and then to want to buy the zine. My, my friend uh, Ferreira, Ferreira, I'll get her name. Sorry, Leila. <laughs> she helped me, helped me uh, and managed to set up the whole Kickstarter, uh, managed to, to help me uh, choose which uh, visuals we needed, which um, from which uh, where to promote uh, the zine and um, I'm going to tell you how it started um, on the uh, on the 12 on the 12 of August we filmed a, a video together I don't know if you've seen it I have yes yeah <laughs> and we can we can see in this video we're shy to to ask uh, two thousand euros for twelve euros books, like uh, we needed to make uh, one uh, one hundred and twenty cells. Get it started. We were shy that, about it. That was the minimum. Yeah, that minimum was the minimum cell. required, and we're like we won't ever get it. Oh my god! Thirty days. That's a lot of money. Two thousand. <laughs> that's like a. Salary. And congrats on flying past that goal. And yes, uh, I, I, I launched the project uh, at, uh, at 8 p.m. on the 14th, 7 p.m. and 59 minutes precisely. And mm -hmm. I believe 107 uh, and uh, 120 bucks already. And I'm like, what? 10 minutes <laughs> later, uh, 300 bucks. And two hours later, we, we are already at 1,000 half. Uh, the have the, the the sum needed. I was like, oh, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> I, I, I was uh, it was dinner uh, here. I, I was uh, di di dining with my parents with my laptop on on my uh, on my knees, and I was crying in my pizzas. I'm like, oh my god, guys, already one and one thousand. What's happening? And I'm really grateful. That was amazing. Uh, in, I don't know what to say it. I, not to undermine the um, the relevance of the project or like insult our work or anything, but I'm just so surprised that there are so many people interested in it. I just thought it was going to be this very obscure thing, as um, artists tend to be. They're not like a huge thing they're not very popular um so i'm just really really surprised that it managed to gather so much attention for uh for instance uh, usually uh, i would have the first very first one was printed for uh there was 30 issues the second one had like 50 60 
we will mm -hmm. stay at uh, 60, 60 issues, and this one we will already need to print 100, 160. That's huge. That's twice what we've done before. And we we wanted to hmm, we wanted to this issue to to be something like uh, Roxanne said, uh, a novelty item. That's something that doesn't age. That's something you can read in five years and say, oh, yes, that's a JSK. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Making adding to the timelessness of it. Yes. In the, in the end, we got the 100% uh, on, on Kickstarter in less than 24 hours. That was insane. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome is what it is. It shows just how much of a demand there is for things just like outside of dresses, how much more we want as a worldwide fashion community, how much we want more than just YouTube, more than just blogs, but we want something tactile too. Yes, Lolitas are collectors and uh, um, except the dress, of course, uh, I'm happy to see they want to collect other stuff like books uh, to keep memories uh, of uh, Lolita or to be able to show it to... Uh, I have many people who ordered for their family to show it to their family uh, without um, having to dress fully. So here's the book. You can see I dress like that. I use that. You know, you understand? Mm -hmm. So... We're wrapping up here. Uh, would you please, uh, to please share how listeners can find and follow you two to find the Kickstarter and also learn more about the zine as well as you two? Yeah, um, for uh, for Dantel, uh, you have an email address uh, if you want to send us a message for any reason. It's uh, dantel.magazine at gmail.com. Uh, maybe it would be uh, better to write it somewhere. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at DantelL, um, on Instagram um, at DantelLolita, and we have a Facebook page that's called Dantel Fanzine Lolita. And uh, for each of us, uh, I'm Agatin, A-G. H A T I N E on Instagram. Uh, you can find you can you can find me on my website saracolombo.fr and my pal Roxanne. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram at the coffee hime with uh, underscores between words, and I also have a YouTube channel uh, called Coffee Princess. Um, uh, I don't know if you if you'll find it, but <laughs> I hope so. You're not that obscure, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll also have everything linked in the show notes, so listeners can find you even if they have a little trouble with the search features. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ah, perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've had a lovely time interviewing you. Thank you so much to you. We 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 we're, we're really happy to. Uh, meet you. You were so kind to us, and I'm really happy. I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you for taking the time to interview us and for being so interested in our project. We are really thankful for that.
And I wish, as we say uh, in our language, in French, merci beaucoup. <laughs> Thank you again to uh, Sarah and Roxanne. I definitely do earnestly recommend all of you check out their Kickstarter. The first three issues are ver already very inclusive, and I believe this is a project definitely worth supporting. Again, you'll be able to find the show notes and the, uh, their handles online, the links and all that to what we were discussing in the show notes, as well as the accompanying blog post on the Thrifted Lux blog. Um, but yes, and also if you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate and subscribe on whatever podcast aggregator uh, you use to listen to this with. Uh, preferably Apple Podcasts, they are really important to rankings and this show's visibility. Uh, until next time, I am Miss Grace Elizabeth and I will see you next week. A uh, quick little post-episode uh, add-on that I wanted to mention. Uh, the beginning of September, uh, the first week, is Zero Waste Week. So on the 7th, the next episode, I will be doing an episode on how to essentially wear EGL fashion while also being zero waste and ways to in reduce your footprint and greenify your EGL uh, time, I should say. So I really am looking forward to that one. I looked at my calendar. I was like, oh yeah, zero waste week. Let me go ahead and like think up something for that. I think that would be very handy to, you know, share a little about that. It seems like a great opportunity, as good as any. And I just couldn't stop writing down ideas. It's just they kept coming and it was great. So I'm really excited and it should be a longer episode for a solo episode. So yay if you like the longer episodes and sorry if you prefer the shorter ones. And if you do prefer the shorter ones, I am definitely signing off now. <laughs>